TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. All right, welcome back to WEEI. This is WEEI Late Night. Was I supposed to say this hour is brought to you by, Ethan? Yeah. Okay. Noted. <laughs> all right, welcome in. The read was red. That's all that matters. That's right. All right, noted. Okay. Welcome into WEI Late Night. I'm Mark Dundaro. Um, I'm with you till midnight. A lot to get to. Celtics 2-0. Up 2-0 over the Brooklyn Nets. 617-779-7937 if you want to get in. Um, is this series over? <laughs> it's over. It's over. Over. The Celtics are going to win this series. It's over. Okay? It's over because too many people thought that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving were these superstars that are unmatched. Guess what? You got to realize Tatum and Brown are now in the same club, in the same room, in the same, on the same spot on the dance floor as Irving and as Durant. They have arrived. The developmental period is over. They're grown-ups, too. They can play with the big boys. They are the same size. The same. They are not the up-and-comers anymore. That's not the situation. Okay? Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, I happen to think, I don't think they're equipped to carry a team through an NBA playoff run and win a championship. That's what I think. Why? Number one, they're jump shooters. Number two, they're frail bodies. I shouldn't say they're frail bodies. That's not fair. But they're not bulky. They're not big, bulky men. That's a fact. Okay, Kevin Durant is a thinner body type. Fact. And I don't think Kevin Durant is interested in or capable of taking the punishment that a lot of players, a lot of superstars type guys need to be able to take and be willing to take during an NBA run because a couple elbows to those arms and those thighs are going to hurt Kevin Durant. He is not a thick LeBron James, Dwayne Wade type of body. He's not Paul Pierce. He's not even Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. And that is why the Celtics are punking the Nets because think of everybody that they're throwing at, at Durant, everybody they're throwing at Irving. Mark is smart. Thick, strong, physical. Jason Tatum, 
worked on getting stronger this past offseason. He's not afraid of the contact. He's not afraid of going into the trees. He's not afraid of going to the lane. He's a bigger body. Jalen Brown is a thicker body. You know, he can push Kyrie Irving around anytime he wants. Al Horford, you want to go shoulder to shoulder with him all game? Kevin Durant? And Horford's almost as tall. He's a big, thick man. That is not what you want if you're Kevin Durant. You don't want to deal with that. He's a, Kevin Durant is awkward to look at just because of how skinny he is. I, I, know, I mean, it's just a fact. He is a thinner player. Grant Williams, thick. Peyton Pritchard, thick. Even Pritchard, not a big dude, not the tallest guy. He's thick. The Celtics, that type of body type, that type of mentality that they employ and the way they play defense and the way now they're not afraid to attack Jason Tatum, attack Jalen Brown. It breeds the perfect identity for a team that is going to make a playoff run. That's what I see. And the Nets want no part of it. And if you listen to Kyrie Irving, it almost sounds like he's giving it. He's almost giving into the Celtics. It almost sounds like he is not. They are not interested in getting into a street brawl with the Boston Celtics, who are interested in that. Now I'm getting ahead of myself. I'll admit it, and I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. The Celtics, they look like a team. They look like they have the perfect complement of physicality, finesse, skill, all of the above. Every box seemingly is getting checked. Now, they could go down to Brooklyn and on their home court, you know, those role players could continue to catch fire. Oh, wait, they caught fire last night and the Celtics still won the game. How many points? I mean, let's go. I don't have it up. I'll go take it. I'll go. Give me the box score here from last night real quick. I'm going to go look. The, the Excuse me. The uh, Brooklyn Nets and their role guys, they had a great moment. They had a great day. They had a great night. Okay. I mean, Seth Curry, four of six from three. Bruce Brown from three, three of four. I mean, that's pretty damn good for those two guys. Those two guys combined seven for 10, 70% from three. From guys not named Irving or Durant, that's pretty damn good. So Bruce Brown, um, what did he have, 23 points. Seth Curry had 16 points. Goran Dragic had 18 points. If you told me that those three guys were going to have that many points, oh, and the Nets were going to out-rebound the Celtics, how was I supposed to say the Celtics are going to win that game by seven? It's because the Celtics have made Kevin Durant see ghosts. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold ghosts. That's what he's seeing. He doesn't know where they're coming from, what they're doing, what's happening. He doesn't know why he's losing the ball and dribbling it out of bounds. They are they have rattled him. Now again, he's a great player. He's gonna buy, he's not gonna do this all series long. He's not gonna give up. Irving might give up. Durant's not gonna give up. He'll battle back. But Kevin Durant's stat line, four for seventeen, 
one of two from three. What was he doing in the second half? What was he, 0 for 10 or something in the second half? Now he still scored 27 points. I don't know how. Oh, 18 free throws. <laughs> Irving, 4 for 13. I believe that was the most free throws he's ever had since 2014. Okay. So here's another thing that's inexplicable. Kyrie Irving, after the night he had the night before, how the hell do you go into that game after losing and take one three-pointer? How do how do you do that? One three-pointer. After going off the night before and everybody's talking ish about you and you're waving the bird and you're doing all these things, you take one three-pointer? One? I mean, if you made one three-pointer and missed ten, okay, that's just you, you you know, that's an off night, you sucked. But to take one three-pointer? That makes no sense to me. I mean, Goran Dragic took more shots. I don't understand that whatsoever. He had 10 points. (laughs) He had 10 points. The same amount as Peyton Pritchard. (laughs) Oh, that guy sucks. Um, Not Pritchard, Irving. I, I, look... The Celtics, this is such a great place that they're in. They have put the NBA on notice. Now you got guys, I mean, I'm not rooting for guys to get injured, obviously, but you got Chris Middleton who's down. You got Kyrie Irving, uh, not Kyrie Irving. You got Devin Booker in Phoenix. We're getting ahead of ourselves, but, but he's going to be out for a little bit. The wide open NBA is staring the Boston Celtics in the face, and I just love it. I can't take my eyes off this team. They're they're checking every box you could ever ask for. And the championship is on the table right now. The Boston Celtics could win the championship this year. I mean, they've just molded themselves into the perfect blend of physicality, finesse, and skill. I mean, when I think of playoff basketball, I think of ruggedness. I think of physicality, I think of, you know, not just the 80s. You know, you could talk about some of those guys, Bird and Magic. Everybody had to be physical in the 80s to win. If you weren't, you didn't win. Okay. Then in the 90s, you know, it morphed a little bit. The the, the bad boy Pistons turned into Michael Jordan when he started to build up some muscle mass. He became physical and okay with taking the punishment he was going to have to take when he went to the lane in the playoffs. Then you had Shaq and Kobe. Shaq, the most physical player in the history of the NBA outside of Will Chamberlain. Might have been even more physical. There's no video of freaking Wilt. Okay? Then it goes where from there? You know, the Spurs, defensive, gritty type teams. Maybe where Ime Udoka learned a couple things under Greg Popovich. Then you had, you know, the LeBron James teams and the Dwayne Wade teams and the Celtics from 08, a physical KG, Paul Pierce, all guys, big dudes, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, Pierce. They could take the punishment. They could take the pounding. They didn't mind being physical. LeBron, not all the time, but when he really turned it on, he had the body type to do it, and he would do it. 
that's not Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. That's not the game they want to play. That's not the identity that they exude. That is nothing. That is not them. And I think that is why. Forget about the fact that they're both, you know, rabbit ears. They they don't really, they're not great leaders. All those things come into play. But they're jump shooters. They're shooters. And I don't think they want to take it to the rim as often as you might need to in a playoff series. And as a result, they don't create the type of identity or culture for a team that breeds winning in the playoffs. That's my opinion. I'm not an NBA player. But I've watched a lot of NBA Finals games, read a lot of books, and I've seen the type of players, the type of teams, the type of attitude that wins, and I don't feel like they – I mean, go look at the Golden State Warriors. Steph Curry – and I know they have Draymond Green, who makes up for that lack of physicality by Curry or Thompson, but they're shooters. Why have you never seen Steph Curry take over an NBA Finals and win NBA Finals MVP? All the times the Warriors were in the finals. It's because when you're a shooter, it's hard to really rely on that night in and night out. And down the stretch, when guys get physical, I mean, they're harassing Kevin Durant. They're being physical with him. Now, the Nets aren't helping themselves. He's not really coming off screens. Not really utilizing the pick and roll. So the Celtics are happy to be physical with the guy. And he's not responding well. Why would he? Takes a lot out of you. He plays a lot of minutes. But it's not working for the Nets. And I love every second of it. Love every second of this because the Celtics, they're not just winning. They're winning in ways that are so critical. Now and going forward. For example, in game one, Kyrie Irving hits the three, puts you down three with under a minute to go. And you find a way to get two baskets at the rim and to come back and win the game. That was the type of game that you were sure to lose four or five months ago. You were sure. I was tuning in to watch how you would lose that game. That's why I was watching. I wanted to see how you were going to lose because it was so captivating. That's what I'm talking about. They're now winning that game. Okay? Then you go into game two. You get down 17 points in the second quarter. Nothing's working. Your star is not playing well. And then here comes Robin to save the day. Jalen Brown picks it up, and he outclasses Durant and Irving and wins the Celtics game in which they trail by 17 points. Those are two games you never would have won a handful of months ago. You never would have won those games. Now they're winning those games in the biggest moments against good teams with superstar players. That is the best thing you could say about the Boston Celtics right now. They're doing it by taking that to, taking the ball to the rim, to the rack, moving the ball, passing it around, and making clutch plays in the biggest moments. That is awesome, and that is why this series is over. The Celtics are not losing this series. Let's get it trending. Your home of the Sox. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Attention business owners. During Ram Truck Month at 495 Ram in Lowell, save big by custom ordering your new Ram truck or work van you need. Go to 495ram.com. That's 495ram.com. Trending now on WEI and WEI.com. Sox. They lost to the Blue Jays 3-2 as Toronto takes 2 of 3. 
Tanner Houck takes the loss, allowing two in runs on three hits in five innings of work. The Red Sox now go on the road. They travel to Tampa tomorrow. First pitch, 7-10 uh, in game one of the three-game set they're going to play down against the Rays. Tune in to the Visit Massachusetts pregame show Friday at 6-10 with Mutt. Sponsored by the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism. Make Massachusetts yours. Start your adventure at visitma.com. Alex Cora tested positive for COVID-19 shortly before today's game. Cora will not travel with the team to Florida. Cora is fully vaccinated and boosted and has had mild symptoms. The NFL schedule for this season will be released on Thursday, May 12th. The Bruins, they lost 4-0 at Pittsburgh tonight. And Chris Middleton... He is out for three to four weeks for the Milwaukee Bucks after spraining his MCL last night. The winner of the Bucks Bulls series will face the winner of Celtics Nets. That's what's trending on WEI and WEI.com. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. All right, what up? Back here on WEI Late Night. I'm Mark Dundara with you until midnight. 617-779-7937 is the phone number. We're going to get into the Red Sox a little bit later. Tough loss. Disappointing series. Okay, after winning game one back on Tuesday, 2-1, to they find a way to beat a Blue Jays team they never should be beating 2-1, to first of all. They find a way to win that game, and then they lose the next two and can't win the series. That is, that's a mini choke, a mini choke. Don't like to see that. Um, we'll get more into the Red Sox later. I have a thought on them. Uh, let's, let's take a quick call. Steven Framingham wants to jump in. Steve, good evening. What's going on? Hey, uh, nice to talk to you. You're doing a really good job. Um, it's an interesting time of the year because you have the playoffs for hockey and basketball and then the Red Sox starting up as well as like the Patriots always being in the news for the offseason. So I appreciate what you're doing. I usually talk to Brian about baseball. And um, this one's hard to talk about without making it political. So I'll talk in terms of facts. So the Red Sox are going to need to take a road trip to Canada. And, you know, the deal is that if you're not vaccinated, you can't go. And what I'm thinking is you saw this with, with New York, with some of the Yankees players. And um, they also had a situation where some of their teammates have been really sick with this. And you have other industries that require the vaccine. 
So all I'm thinking is if you are in a position where you're trying to make the playoffs and you end up losing, you, you miss the playoffs by a game or two because you had to play a bullpen game that puts you at such a disadvantage. And if you look at the, the Blue Jays are such a good team, obviously all their players are vaccinated. It's almost like an advantage for Toronto because all these teams are going to need to go up there and they're going to be short. So I was just throwing that out there. See what you think. All right. Well, thanks for the call, Steve. Yeah. Um, you know, a bullpen game now doesn't mean what it used to mean to me. Um, for crying out loud, I know, you know, some teams, I feel like they prefer playing bullpen games. I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I feel like what we saw today out of Kevin Gossman, that's like almost the, the minority now. You never see that. Okay, you almost threw, what, a complete game? What's a complete game? Uh, yeah, obviously, that dynamic, especially with if the Blue Jays weren't any good, it might not be as big of a deal. The fact that they're as good as they are, that makes it a deal, a uh, thing. So, yeah. We'll see how that ends up playing itself out. I'm frustrated, honestly. Um, You know not to get political or whatever. Are we really still, is it necessary, Alex Cora, if you're if you're vaccinated, are we still really having to be out for a week or whatever the quarantine period is now? We still doing this? Come on. We're back. You know, we're back, baby. You take your precautions. You want to throw a mask on when you go inside. I, you know, you do you. But by and large... I feel like there should not be... I don't think COVID now should be affecting the competitive balance for these sports leagues. Not now. Not with what's going on right now. So I think these leagues should find a way um, to not have it be a thing. Not have it be impactful. But, yeah, Steve's not wrong. Obviously, if this is the way it's going to be, and Toronto's doing it, and Canada has their mandates or whatever, that's going to be a factor. And it sucks because you don't want that to be a factor, but it will be. Um, you know, obviously COVID was something that the Celtics had to deal with. They managed that storm. It, it's just fascinating to watch how they've evolved. Um, for example, okay, I'm going to give you this example. Now, what's the best duo in the NBA right now? Right, the best duo in the NBA might not be Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, but I think it's the best duo when it, if you look at it in terms of the best duo in the best situation, because I don't think that the that the the Celtics honestly, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. I don't know if you buy stock faster in any other duo in the league. Um, and I'll explain. First, let's talk to Jason in West Hartford, who wants to talk Jays and socks. Jay, what's up, Jason? Hey, Mark. How are you? What's going on? How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Just wanted to say congratulations on the marathon. Huge accomplishment. Oh, I appreciate that. And yeah, then, still, uh, the knee's still barking at me. <laughs> knee, you know how it goes. Knee twitching, yeah. ankle on fire. Ankles always on fire. Um, my my main question is um, a, a little bit about what your thought is on the Blue Jays. I'm one of the few Blue Jays fans left, and they just came off the series. So 
just interested in what you saw to them and, and where you think their season could go. All right, thanks for the call, Jay. Um, you know, I have them as the favorite in the AL East. I love their life. First of all, I love how they were built, number one. I love their lineup. I like, I obviously, you look at what their starting pitcher did today, and I'll tell you something else, okay? Not that this is a big deal. Uh, not that it's going to change the game or the season or anything like that, but I'll give you a specific example as to why I like what happened uh, with the Blue Jays and how they built their roster, okay? Just from today. So what was it? In the third inning, I mentioned this at the end of last show. I hope Jason and West Hartford is listening. In the third inning, the Red Sox, their big free agent acquisition or the guy that they got, Trevor Story, had a ball in between short and first. Or check that, second and first. Dove for it with a guy on second. Couldn't get it. Now, he was there. It was a tough play. But ideally, I would have liked for him to knock it down. Didn't happen. The run scores. You know, and that ended up being the difference. The Red Sox lost by a run. Um... For the, for the Blue Jays, they have a player named Matt Chapman. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's a guy they acquired from Oakland. I'll have to look that up. But what happened when Matt Chapman was confronted with a ball that was, I don't know, one he needed to keep in front of him in order to save a run, save the game, essentially? He made a great play on a scorching Line drive slash ground ball by Bobby Dahlbeck, I think it was. Kept it in front, bobbled it for a second, ended up throwing him out. That would have, if it got through, tied the game. And he kept it in front, made the play, and was ultimately helped the Blue Jays keep the game in hand, and they won. You're correct on the trade. Okay. That's, I mean, that was the difference today. Now, that's just one game, one scenario. But I like what the Blue Jays have done with this roster. And right here today, a guy that they acquired came up big in a big spot in the ninth inning with a guy on third in his face. A scorcher. And he handles it and they win the game by one run. So I really like what the Blue Jays I mean, we'll see what their pitching staff can do. Ultimately, I like their staff. I think they're really good. I think they're the class of the AL East. Okay. Um, just going back, I want to go back to the Celtics real quick, just because that's an interesting question. What I was going to say is, for example, when I'm talking about Brown and Tatum as a tandem, the reason why I think they're the best situation in terms of two players in the NBA is very simple. Tatum and Brown, they've been through the ringer. They've had playoff success and playoff failures. They have enough experience under their belt. They're still young, but that's why they're ready for this moment. Because of those experiences, because of those failures, because they've developed. What do those type of experiences look like? Well, they look like the the Minnesota Timberwolves. When tonight, at home... They're big two. They're duo. They have an excellent duo, by the way, in Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns. But what did they do tonight, that duo with those two great players? 
They were outscored by the Memphis Grizzlies 50-16. to 5-0 to 16 in the last 15 minutes of the game. So the last three minutes of the third quarter and the fourth quarter. Now they're down 2-1 to to the Grizzlies. They lost that game at home. That is a playoff experience that the Grizzlies, check that, that the Timberwolves and their guys, Towns and Edwards, will one day look back on and will be able to say that hard in them. That was a moment that they learned from. And one day when they're having success and they're the league, they're the kings of the league, they'll be able to say it was moments like that that helped us get to this point. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, they've already had all those experiences. Now, are they the best duo in the league? No, probably not. But in terms of where they are in the trajectory of their career, I take them before anybody else. All the other ones, they're either getting old or they're either on their way out. I mean, I'm not taking Giannis and Middleton over Tatum and Brown long-term. I'm not taking Devin Booker and Chris Paul over Tatum and Brown long-term. Hell no. All those guys are on their way out. Not all those guys, but like Chris Paul, Butler and Bam. Nope. Jimmy Butler's too old. Been been around too long. LeBron. LeBron and Anthony Davis. <laughs> Not after this year. Stephen Clay. Nope. Shooters, been around too long, kind of had their day. You're not taking them. You're not taking Durant and Irving. They're about to get put down. Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, too young. They haven't done it yet. John Morant, Desmond Bain, still too young. They're not going to do it. Lamello, how about LaMelo Ball? And who is it, Mikhail Bridges? They're too young, too. When it comes to combinations and duos of we've had this experience, we've had the experience of going through the playoffs and suffering some heartbreak, and the future is still bright component to the whole dynamic, Tatum and Brown are the standard. That's why they're Miles Bridges for the Hornets. I beg your pardon. They are they are the best situation in the NBA when it comes to a duo. And I don't think it's particularly close. Because they're proving it right now. And it's not an accident. And this is not an upset. And people, frankly, should have seen this coming. Forget about the fact that the Celtics play elite defense and that the team around them is really good and the coach is really good and they were hot. Brown and Tatum are right there, step for step, with Irving and Durant. They're in the same club. They're in the same room. They're on the same dance floor. The same women are interested in them or whatever. They're getting it done. And the culture is in place and people know their roles. Let's talk to Sean in Worcester on the Celtics. Sean, good evening. What's going on? Hey, how's it going, Mark? How's it going? Hey, I just kind of figured the way the Celtics are playing defense, it kind of reminds me of the uh, the way the Patriots played, you know, the Rams back in the day, you know, the greatest show on turf, 
they're, they're smothering defense. They're hitting people. They're covering people. They're just going nuts. Yeah, thanks for the call, Sean. Um, I don't not like that analogy, especially after last night when Stan Van Gundy on the national broadcast said that he has never seen, or what was his quote, that this was the best he'd ever seen a team play Kevin Durant defensively, i.e., that means this is something he's probably never seen in terms of the schemes and the execution of the defense that is going up against Kevin Durant. That is Rams-Belichick-esque. An unprecedented level of execution and greatness, frankly. Um, you know, I don't want to make too many comparisons to that because they haven't. Well, that was in the Super Bowl. This is the first round of the NBA playoffs, two games. So we're not going to go crazy. And there's still more games to be played. Uh, but yeah, the way they're bullying them up, the way they're being physical. I mean, it is sort of a similar dynamic. That Rams team, not physical. They wanted to pass and run their little routes. And Durant wants to shoot. And they're shooters. And they're not really, it's not a It's not a tough type of, you know, lunch pail or whatever you want to say kind of mentality. Someone on the uh, text line just texted in, curious about your thought on Brown and Tatum being the best duo. What about Embiid and Harden? Okay, so I'm going to make this clear. Thanks, Ethan, for that. Uh, James Harden will never be a part of the best anything for me. Okay, he he's a wildly talented player. And may, look, by resume... Those two are better right now. But I was, in part, what I was saying is, who am I buying stock in when you factor in their experience level and the future? I mean, Harden is, you could argue, almost on his way out. He's on his way, not out, but towards probably some sort of decline. And Embiid, he's had injury issues. I know he hit the big turnaround three last night to win the game. But I still like a big man. He might win the MVP this year. I still like a wing guy that can score in a bunch of different ways, can dribble, can do these things, take the ball up. I That's an interesting situation. Um and it'd be fun to see them go up against the Heat. I'll tell you this. And I don't even think this is because Chris Middleton got hurt. Now that he's hurt, it's obviously more apropos, but I would actually rather, I think, at this point, face the Bucks in the next round than the than the Sixers. It just feels like Embiid's been the best player in the in the playoffs outside of, uh, or or better than Giannis, I guess. Maybe not. I haven't broken down Giannis's stats. It's a good duo but I still think the Celtics would be able to find a way outside of those two. I don't have a lot of faith in that roster either. And honestly, coming into this, coming into this, if you asked me a week ago, I'm more worried about Durant and Irving than Embiid and Harden. And that's crazy to say because I just talked about the body type and the willingness to get into the paint. And and I think Embiid and Harden are more of that type of player. I just have nothing to say about James Harden. Nothing.
Maybe I'm underestimating Joel Embiid, and I will be, I'll be the first to admit if I end up doing that. Because that guy, I think, is legit. Harden, I have a hard time hitching my wagon to anything James Harden is associated with. And I don't like the, you know, I, I don't know if their roster complements itself the way that the Celtics roster complements. And I don't think they play defense as, as well as the Celtics. Harden's health is always in quite. I it would be an interesting scenario if all those guys are playing. But the good news for the Celtics is it doesn't lock. It doesn't look like they're gonna have to face both the Heat or the Sixers, or the Heat and the Sixers. Let's get to John in Maine. John, good evening. What's going on? Hey, how you doing? Is it Don Darrow? Yeah. What's up, John? Uh, just uh, you know, listening to you. Um, but I, I wanted to throw this. I just wanted to throw this out there. Um, I think that the Splash Brothers are one of the best duos in the NBA. Um, you know, Clay has been injured for a couple of years now. Um, I just wanted to throw them in the mix. See what you thought about that. Um, how you feel about the Warriors this year? And uh, just wanted to see what your thoughts were. All right, thanks for the call, John. Yeah, I like the Warriors. I've always liked the Warriors. I like Steph. Um, if you're asking me right now, would I trade Brown and Tatum for Steph Curry and Klay Thompson? That's not even a discussion. We don't even pick up the phone. Again, those guys are on their way down and out. Now, I don't want to make that sound like their careers are over, but they're on the, you know, whole 10 and 11 on their way further down. Tatum and Brown are just getting revved up. They're just getting started. And I do think their games, I mean, Look, I love Klay Thompson. He plays good defense. He can take it a little bit to the rim. But I do think Brown and Tatum overall, bigger bodies. Not me, not you know, Thompson's got a bigger body than Steph Curry. But Brown and Tatum can they can take it to the rim. They have a bigger body to absorb some of the contact. They can shoot. They have a higher upside right now than the Warriors. Now Jordan Poole has come on. That could be an X factor. They're a real interesting team. I picked last week. Before the playoffs started, they were my sleeper team, if you wanted to call them that, out of the West. They look like they could be that team. Um, So I'll be rooting for them outside of the Celtics, I guess. I mean, I have no affiliate. I, I, whatever. I just, I've liked watching them over the years. I'd be rooting for them. And besides, I think if they played the Celtics, the Celtics would manhandle them. Manhandle. I think they beat them. You thought Durant and Irving? To Clay Thompson, as good of a shooter as he is, now maybe he'd come off some screens and it'd be no dribbling, catch and shoot, but I think Curry would get manhandled. And they don't have the height that Durant has. At least when he's shooting, he basically can get his shot anytime he wants because he's so tall. I think Curry can be bothered by length, and I think the Celtics do have some length. Derek White, guys like that that could disrupt Curry's flow and make it hard for him. And then it's on Jordan Poole, and it's on, I don't know, Draymond Green, and it's on Thompson. I think the Celtics would like that matchup. We're getting they're getting ahead of ourselves. But I think they like that matchup. All right, when we get back, I want to talk more about this match. I want to talk more about this series, Kyrie Irving specifically, and some of his antics dating back to game one. This is WEI Late Night. I'm Mark Dundero. 
All right, back here on WEI Late Night. I'm Mark Dundero with you until midnight. Kyrie Irving uh, went off in game one, and then he gave the finger multiple times to the fans. I thought, you know, I was shocked. I was absolutely shocked. The NBA, they fined him $50,000. They should have fined him more. That was ridiculous. Uh, I do not want Kyrie Irving not playing in these games, obviously. It's too much fun to watch. But, the, I mean, just he's running around just re- relentlessly and ruthlessly throwing up the bird to anyone and everyone that says anything negative about him. I mean, you can't have that. Imagine if Tom Brady was doing that. In a game against the Jets, just running around throwing the bird up at everyone. I mean, that's madness. You can't do that. They're fanatics for a reason. I mean, just because someone calls you a bitch, you can't do that. I never want my athletes to be like that. I could say that unequivocally. I never want an athlete I'm rooting for to do something like that. If you do that, if you react to a fan that way, the fan has won. The fan who should be beneath you, no offense to fans, I'm one of them. The fan that should be beneath you, star athlete, is now on your level because you reacted. That's what the fan wanted you to do. That is always a losing proposition. And I would never want one of my athletes, my athletes, and one of the athletes I root for, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, I would never want them flipping off fans in another arena, especially for getting called the bitch word. You know, that's not enough. You know, if it was racial or something like that, that's a different level, and that fan would be escorted out and never seen again. I never want the athlete that I root for to be reacting to a fan, a fanatic. It's a losing proposition that puts you in an awful headspace. It creates a terrible culture. And I know Kyrie Irving's probably influenced by Kevin Durant, who has the rabbit ears, and he likes to chirp back at people. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. You're above them. you got to be better than that. you got to be focused on other things. Of all the stories I've heard of Larry Bird and Michael Jordan, These guys who were relentless motivators. Relentless competitors. I never once heard that a fan got under their skin. Media got under their skin. Other players did. A fan? Fans? Jordan said the fans in Utah were tough. I don't know. I didn't know. I mean, I I don't remember him flipping off other fans. Every time, I hope Kyrie Irving continues to engage in the Boston fans. I shouldn't say that because that would mean the Nets won a game. So hopefully he never has to deal with the Boston fans again this year. The Celtics will win the next two games and that'll be that. Now, I think the series is over. You know, they're going to learn from different experiences. Jason Tatum is on the record saying, I forget what the series was when the uh, in the bubble when the Raptors won that game late. I'm going to look that up real quick. 
because that was a teaching moment, and that was sort of a Grizzlies, uh, Timberwolves type of moment for the Celtics a few years back, a learning moment when the developing was still happening. What was the guy that hit the three? Ananobi? I forget what game that was. Oh, yeah, it was game three. Celtics, if he didn't hit that shot, would have gone up 3-0 in the series, and that puppy would have been over. Over. Instead, Ananobi hit the shot, and the Raptors cut the deficit to 2-1. to one. They made it a series. I forget. I think it ended up going seven or something. It ended up being a huge pain in the ass. And since then, Jason Tatum has said and admitted that that was a problem that year and during that run. That hurt them in the next round against the Heat. That series took a lot out of them. They were up 2-0. And then it got hairy. They're going to learn from that. And they are not going to let this one get away from them. And they're not going to let this series get as messy as they did that series. They know that. They had that experience. They're better for it now. Kyrie Irving, inexplicable taking one shot in the fourth, or in the one three-pointer in game two. Never understand that. But I hope he keeps engaging with the fans. I hope whatever the fans, engage on Twitter. Go for it. I hope you go, go tweet back at the trolls. There is no reason to be dealing that, dealing with that if you're Irving and living that life. Energy, poorly spent. But I hope it keeps going. Because the Celtics are obviously in his head. And the Celtics, they're in Durant's head. I mean, he's totally rattled. And I love the fact that they've been able to do this. They're being physical. They're throwing different things at him. And he is not responding well. I mean, Durant's numbers were almost as shocking. At least he was trying. Going, I, I didn't expect 0 for 10 in the second half or whatever he was. But at least he was trying. There's no excuse for Kyrie Irving taking one shot. One three. I hope it continues, and I do expect it to continue. I do not expect Ben Simmons coming back reportedly for game four to be some sort of difference in this series. Not buying that either. Irving and Durant are going to be the reason that this series gets extended, that the Celtics can get, um, if the Nets can sort of get back, climb their way back into it. That's how it's going to happen. All right. Um, I want to just talk about one more thing in, in terms of the Celtics when we get back. And one guy that deserves a lot of credit, but it's awkward. I'll explain. This is WEI Late Night. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 